Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. My name's Joe Nicholson and we're going to be previewing Saturday's match between Sunderland and Cardiff City at the Stadium of Light. So to find out more about the Bluebirds, we're joined by Cardiff reporter Glenn Williams from Wales Online. Glenn, how's things? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Joe. Um, preparing for a bit of a busy day, a bit of a yeah. busy weekend. But um, yeah, all good. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, pretty long journey from uh, from South Wales. You're also speaking to Mark Hudson uh, earlier this morning, aren't you? So um, we'll we'll find out a bit more about that. But just having a quick look at Cardiff's season so far, Glenn, they're 18th in the Championship as things stand ahead of their trip to Sunderland. They started the season with Steve Morrison as their manager. They've now got Mark Hudson in charge as interim manager. We haven't got much time, but can you quickly kind of sum up how the season's gone so far? Yeah, well, well, I have to rewind a little bit more probably to um, to the summer where um, 15 players left Cardiff. Um, quite a big turnaround, actually. They brought 17 players in. Um, they entrusted Steve Morrison to do that. So, you know, pretty big operation, pretty big job. Um, Steve Morrison last season was saying how he wanted to overhaul the squad and the playing style, which, you know, to his credit, he did do. Um, and then for him to be sacked so early on in the season, I think was I think it took a lot of people by surprise. I was on holiday in Portugal when I heard the news, and um, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I feel like they put so much trust in him doing doing all that, all the big heavy lifting over the summer, and then they didn't really give him a chance to to see it through, um, which was really really jarring really because I think I, I expected him to be given at least you know a decent crack at, at trying to get it right and they were making strides and they didn't start the season brilliantly but you could definitely see the change in the playing style is definitely more aesthetically pleasing to watch than you know the Cardiff teams that you probably would have seen in years gone by um so not not the easiest of starts, especially for all the new signings I'm sure they came in and they bought into Steve Morrison's vision of the club and um where they fitted into it and then it was all sort of ripped up in front of them within 10 games. So a bit of a weird start, to be honest. Um, and you, why well, you say 18th place there, in my head, they always seem to be in 18th place. You know, Sims last season, they were just in 18th place the whole time. I, I swear they didn't move from 18th place for the last 18 months. But um, yeah, it, it's just been, um, been a bit of a crazy start of the season, really. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we say they're in 18th place, but uh, they're only three points behind Sunderland. Sunderland in, in 12th. I think it just shows just how congested the, the championship has been this season. But um, so Hudson was given the job as an as an interim boss. I think he started pretty well, taking seven points out of his first three. But then I think it's four defeats in five. So what's kind of the view been on him, and what kind of the view been among Cardiff supporters about the change from uh, Morrison to Hudson? Well, the, the big thing with Huds, obviously, is that he's got massive credit in the bank with, with fans because, you know, he was club captain here and he, he, was, he was a legend here during his playing days. So that certainly plays into his hands a little bit. Um, this, yes, like you, like you just said, they started really well, um, undefeated in the first three, two wins and a draw. Then, then they had, to, be, to be fair, they had three games where... Um, they just didn't get the rub of the green. They had a disallowed goal against Coventry, which cost them a point, which should never have been disallowed. And the and PG Mall actually wrote to them to say that they got the decision wrong, which, you know, is no solace to them after the game. But, you know, at least there's some admission there. And then the two games after that, QPR and Swansea, they had a player sent off um, 
in the 19th minute against QPR and seventh minute against Swansea. And that both of those games are just write-offs after that. So, you know, on, on paper, you can you can say those three games look like three defeat, three poor results, but they were mitigating factors for all three of them, I, I would suggest. And the last two games, so they lost to Watford on, on Wednesday night, but they actually... They actually looked pretty decent for the most part, considering you know the juggernaut squad that Watford have got. I actually thought Cardiff looked pretty decent for for most of it, and then they beat they beat Rotherham at the weekend one nil, and they should have been you know fifteen nil. It was ridiculous how dominant they were. But um, you know, I, I think it's a it's probably a better start than what results look on paper in terms of, of Hudson's team. Mm. Another kind of in- interesting thing going into this game was Cardiff have just appointed former Sunderland midfielder Dean Whitehead onto their coaching staff. So what is kind of the situation with the coaching staff with Hudson being interim boss and how did the kind of Whitehead thing come about? Well, you tell me, Joe. I mean, yeah. nobody knows, mate. It's, it's, it's a mad situation because Hudson isn't even permanent manager yet. So, yeah. what, Which is why Cardiff haven't announced it because, you know, how do you announce an interim first-team coach to an interim first-team manager? You know, it's a bit of a bizarre situation. I don't think anyone anyone really knows how to deal with it. But what I will say is as soon as Morrison left, I asked Hudson straight away, you know, what are the plans? And one of the first things he said was, you know, I've already spoken to the board about bringing somebody in. So, I think that kind of shows where the board are leaning. I think they want Hudson to do well. I think it is probably Hudson's job to lose at the minute. I don't. I haven't heard that they're you know interviewing or looking at any external candidates or anything like that. So all signs seem to point towards Hudson. I think the appointment of Dean Whitehead probably solidifies that even more because why would you give him the back in to bring in his own first team coach if you know he's, they're all going to go in three games time when the World Cup comes around, which would make sense with it. So. Yeah, the the appointment of Dean Whitehead seems to suggest that it's it's probably a longer term thing than um, than they've led on so far. Mm. What would kind of the aims be now for Cardiff? We we said it's that they're eighteenth in the table, still obviously a long way to go, and there's not much in between. Kind of a lot of teams around there, but what kind of the, are the aims kind of from within the club, or what do you kind of think they can still achieve this season? Um, I I, I said at the start of the season, I think sort of consolidation year of changing the squad, improving the playing style and, you know, securing a mid-table championship finish would be good and it would be progress, you know, as dull and boring as that sounds. I just think that's what the club needs because it's just been such a such a crazy few years for the club with everything, you know, that's happened. They've had you know, lawsuits coming out of their years and relegated from the Premier League and an owner that seems to be fading into the background more and more as the years go on. Um, so I just think they needed to stabilise the playing squad and stabilise and consolidate their position as a championship club. Um, and then hopefully use that as a springboard to kick on next year and, and the years to come. But it, it just seems to be, again, that they, they could very well be caught up in a relegation scrap like they were last year, which, you know, is just the last thing this club needs because it, you know, touch wood, it doesn't happen. But if they get relegated to League One with all the financial litigation going on around them, I just, I don't see how they bounce back from that too easily. Mm. Well, moving ahead to Saturday and looking ahead to the game at the Stadium of Light, as we said before, it's four defeats in five for Cardiff. Looking as well, they're the lowest scorers in the Championship. So how would you kind of describe their style of play and how do you think they'll approach the game coming up to Sunderland? 
Yeah, it's um, it's been a hard slog in front of the goal this season. I've got to say they they came into the season a striker short, um, and then they started with Max Walters for the first eight games um, as as the lone striker, and I think he's he scored one goal in probably close on twenty games for Cardiff now. You know, so it's. It, it, it just it didn't work, you know, and he, and he's done well elsewhere, but he just hasn't worked. They, they they brought in Callum Robinson and he looked, you know, really good sign. He looked like he was going to be the catalyst to sort of kick Cardiff on and then got sent off against Swansea yeah. and, and serving a three-game ban so he won't be available for Sunderland, you know. So everything sort of conspired against them um, in terms of not being able to score. Um, they've looked okay at the back, I would say, but... Um, Set piece at the set piece, they're really vulnerable. Um, they used to be, you know, the land of the giants at Cardiff, yeah. but now they've got such a small squad now, um, in terms of height. Um, Cedric Kipre is probably the, the only sort of towering figure there who can deal with a set piece threat, and and you know, all that burden can't fall on his shoulders. So, we saw against Watford on um Wednesday night, both of their goals were from corners. Um, so that that's probably where Sunderland can can hurt Cardiff at, at the set piece. Generally, well, you say that Sunderland's squad is not the biggest either. Oh, all right, <laughs> okay. you might actually see the ball on the floor this time then. Um, well, okay, well that, that kind of uh, levels the playing field there maybe. Um, in terms of their attacking threat, um, they just need to produce more in the final third. They seem to be so good again for that final third, but they just haven't got the quality to put the ball in the back of the net. They've got. The one thing I will say is they've got, they got a weapon at the minute in Jaden Philogene, who has come out of nowhere, really, to to produce two back-to-back like man-of-the-match performances for Cardiff. I think fans are really frustrated at his lack of end product at the start of the season. But against Rotherham and against Watford on, on Wednesday night, um, he's been the best player in the Cardiff shirt but by a mile. You know, he's so tricky, like tricky feet. He dances around defenders. Um and he can score. He can score a goal as well. I think he's joint top scorer, which is no, which is no accolade, by the way, because I think there's about four players on two goals. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I would say Jaden Philogene is probably the the main threat for Cardiff. But um, if they're going to get anywhere up near that middle of the table, top half of the table, they're going to need to stop putting the ball in the back of the net far more often. Mm. Yeah, some of them definitely had their problems from set pieces as well, playing with a very small side. Although Ellis Sims is back from. An injury, so he could start perhaps against Cardiff, and that would be a big boost for summer transfer and... target. Ellis Sims for Cardiff was he? Yes, indeed. And then he chose chose the bright lights of Sunderland. Was that close? Was uh, the was I think so. Well, yeah. I say close. I think they were very interested. Um, there was a there was a couple though. They had a bit of a scramble towards the mm. um, the end of the window. Oh well, not the end of the window, but they, they were always looking for a, a striker throughout the window. And Ellis Sims was was definitely somebody on their radar. But I think they learned pretty early on that. He wanted a Sunderland. Mm. Yeah, we definitely heard there were quite a lot of clubs interested in him. And he, he, made, he made a great start to the season, but then he's missed seven games with a toe injury. Got 45 minutes away at uh, Huddersfield on Wednesday, so he could be back ready for the start against Cardiff, and that would certainly be a big boost. He's a good Sunderland. player. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's, he started really well, so it'll be, be good to have him back. But looking at Cardiff's system, looks like predominantly a 4-3-3. Is that kind of how they'll line up at the Stadium of Light? Yeah, I think so. They they had a brief dalliance with um with five at the back, but um yeah, it's generally been a four three three. Um, I I would say they 
the midfield is sort of their strength. I, I think that that's how they would view it. I think they've got some really good midfield options. Um, and the start of the season, they, they were passing the ball a lot more and the midfield had a much bigger say. What I would say is the only thing I've really noticed with Mark Hudson being in charge is the midfield has less of a say on proceedings. They, they tend to go a bit more direct than what they were doing under Steve Morrison, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. I think they, they went from one end of the spectrum under you know Warnock and the previous managers to Steve Morrison, where they were passing it, I would say, too much you know, without any real meaning or purpose at times. Whereas now I think they've got a nicer blend where they know how to get the ball forward a bit more. But you know, as a result, it means that the midfielders, which Cardiff think of their strength, don't have as much say on proceedings. So, um, yeah, I would say 4-3-3 um, is definitely how they would line up. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a couple of players, um, Philogene being one of them, the kind of the main threat, but who are kind of the other key players to this Cardiff side at the minute? Yeah, so Callum O'Dowder, um, the other winger, actually has been probably the most consistent forward player, I would say, this season. He's... Um, when when he came from from Bristol in the summer, it was I don't know almost underwhelming. I would say I think I think I don't know why because I've always quite liked him when I've seen him play. But I think fans were not particularly uh, overly enamoured when he came, and Bristol City fans weren't particularly bothered that he left. And then he you know he started like a house on fire, and um, he, he's probably close to being one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, he, he's yeah, he's just so consistent. He he can do it all. He's really good, deceptively good in the air. Actually, he's um, really direct with his running. Rarely loses the ball. Um, he's just sort of like dropped off in his goal scoring and assisting recently. But he's, he's still a really capable winger at this level, I would say. Um, and then, well, and then the other player I would potentially say is Niels and Kunku, who's on loan from Everton at, at left back. Um, he's actually proven himself to be. I think a liability is a bit harsh, but he's definitely a defensive worry and, and teams definitely target him down their right. So Cardiff's left and they have got a bit of joy out of him um, the last few weeks. But he also is, he can be unbelievable with the ball at his feet. You know, he, he's the sort of player who in broken play can take on sort of four or five players and, and put a cross in and, and, and somebody will get on the end of it or something. So he's one of those real risk-reward catch-22 players where you probably give up quite a lot defensively by playing him, but he can he can score you or create a goal out, out of nowhere. Mm. Well, that probably sounds pretty good to Sunderland because they've been playing Patrick Roberts out on the right-hand side and they had he, he was linking up with Ahmad Diallo. They were both creating some overloads against Huddersfield on that side. So if, if there is a vulnerability there, I'm sure Sunderland will try and target that. Um, yeah, I was petrified that Ismail Asar was going to line up against him yeah. on Wednesday, but he was thankfully on the opposite wing. Mm. It's been a while since these two sides actually did play. 2018, I was just looking back, was the last meeting, January 2018. It wasn't a very good meeting for Sunderland. They lost that game 4-0 at the Stadium of Light. So what's kind of the feeling among Cardiff fans ahead of this game against Sunderland, a newly promoted team that have started pretty well kind of from going up from League One? Um, Cardiff obviously have had their struggles as well. So, what will the kind of away fans be expecting from this one? Um, I, I think there are there are a few clubs in the Championship that um, clubs are always wary of going to, and I would say Sunderland is definitely one of those. I mean, it is 
it's a bit of a joke of a club how big it is really you know it's so bit like I, I think I was saying to you last night I've had five different podcasts or you know fan sites asking me to do this sort of Q&A thing you know no other club in the championship has got even close to having five people asking me to do it you know it's such a big club and I think I've been looking at the average attendances and Sunderland are just like so far ahead they are unbelievable so I think you know that that plays a part and I'm sure that'll be spoken about among Cardiff fans and you know players in the the lead up to the game Um, what I will say is that Cardiff do need to win? <laughs> they need because uh-huh. they they've just come off the back of Watford. They've got Sheffield United next weekend, and they've got Sunderland and Hull as the next two games. Uh-huh. And th- they're going to need you know four points out of those next two games. I would suggest so they're going to need to at least get a point out of this one. I, I would think, and I think that's how a lot of fans are thinking at the minute. Um, but as you said, I've been impressed by some of what I've seen from Sunderland since going up as well. So. I don't think anyone's expecting it to be an easy game. Um, and I, I, as ever, I don't think the table lies. I think where Sunderland are and where Cardiff are are probably a good indication of of, of the form and, and who the favourites are going into this one. Mm-hmm. Well, just before we go, we usually finish our podcast by asking our guests for a quick score prediction, how you think the game's going to go. So how do you think it will uh, will pan out on Saturday? I hate sitting on the fence, and I never do in these sort of prediction things. But I just, I do, I, I do think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a one-one-er. Um, I think, I think Cardiff might go ahead early, sort of first half maybe, and then I think Sunderland might score later on, which is a bit of a cop out, and I hate doing it. But I've all, I've, I've been thinking it all week. I think they'll, I think they'll draw this one. I think they'll beat Hull next week. Mm. Well, I'm usually one that sits on the fence. I usually predict 1-1, but I actually think Sunderland will win this game. I think if Sims comes back in, I think they've got the big win away at Huddersfield on Wednesday night. So I think they'll have a bit of confidence. And, and Cardiff, by the looks of it, don't score many. So um, my prediction would be would be 2-0 to Sunderland on Saturday. But we'll see how the game pans out. Glenn, thanks very much for, for joining us and safe travels. I know it's a long journey coming all the way up to the northeast from Cardiff. It seems it must be a long journey everywhere when you're in Cardiff. No, nowhere is close, mate, except yeah. the Swansea. Yeah, yeah. And Bristol Weird. City, actually. Yeah, we've already boxed off the Swansea and Bristol City trip. Still got Cardiff to come. I think it's in April, um, yeah. one of the later ones. So, But, but Glenn, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, you can find more build-up to Saturday's game over on the SAFC section of the Sunderland Echo website. Tony Mowbray will be speaking to the media on Friday ahead of Saturday's game. So you can find his thoughts on the website as well. We'll also have live updates from the Stadium of Light, as well as post-match reaction and analysis. Once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw Podcast.